come on somebody he's worthy on this Sunday hallelujah turn to your neighbor and smile at him show him your pretty teeth that you own legally and tell him you can be quiet if you want to But if I don't want to be quiet, I'm not going to be quiet. Don't, don't let your neighbor hinder you from getting what you need from God. When he's somebody like blind Bartimaeus, that he cried the more a great deal. When everybody's trying to silence you and quiet you down and calm you down. Amen. When, you, when you're hungry or you need a miracle, see, they weren't blind like he was. He was blind and he needed God to do something in his world. When you need God to do something in your world, you got to be willing to do something to get his attention. Here I am, Lord, touch me. Here I am, Lord, minister to me. Come on. So if you want to be quiet, you can be quiet. But there's some in this house that says, I can't be quiet. I can't keep my mouth shut. I got to do something in the presence of the Lord. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Thank God for saving me. Some services you get into and you watch certain people that are so careful and calm and the Holy Ghost starts moving and they maybe start tapping their foot a little bit. And all of a sudden they got a little swag to them a little bit, kind of moving around a little bit. They, they may have never been in a service like this before, but they start realizing, wow, this is not a concert. I didn't have to pay to get into this. I didn't have to buy expensive snacks. I didn't have to pay for parking or something about this. My God, I feel something different. And they start responding. And then, then it gets real crazy when they lift their hands because then that's surrender. And they're saying, Oh, Jesus, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know you're here. I sense your presence. There's just something about the presence and the power and the provision of God. So you may just want to take a few moments and maybe wave your hand or, or maybe just pat your foot or lift your voice because he's been too good to me. I cannot tell it all. He's a good, good father. trust that you ladies had a wonderful time the last couple of days. I hope that my wife left something for me to say this morning and uh, I'm thankful that she's here and my daughter Madeline. Um, man, kids grow up so fast. Y'all pray for me. I've got two teenagers. 13-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. That's enough to make you pull the rest of your hair out. Amen. 
No, I'm majorly embarrassing her right now, but I do love her and my wife. I'm so glad they're here, and uh, thank God for uh, children. Amen. They're a blessing of the Lord. Amen. And just, just, uh, just maybe just because I feel this, but if you're a barren and you are young and you want to have children, you're still childbearing age. I want you to know that God can open your womb. And he can give you a bundle of joy. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Lord, have mercy. And he can, he can, he can medically what was impossible. He can step in either the male or the female, whatever's hindering the process for a baby being born. God can step in. I may not be talking to somebody in the room, but maybe somebody on the web that wants to have a baby, and you've been like Hannah. You've been saying, God, I'd like to have a son, or I'd like to have a daughter. I'd like, I'd like for something, I'd like for you to bless me with the, with the little bundle of joy. I, I want you to know that our God that fearfully and wonderfully made you can cause you to have a child to conceive, and you can have a bundle of joy by this time next year. Yes, you can. I curse barrenness in the name of the Lord. Some of you that's never won a soul to the Lord, I say you can in the name of Jesus Christ. You can have spiritual sons and spiritual daughters and your life can be blessed by the fruit and the blessing of labor. If the shoe fits, wears it. If you, you've been praying for that, you just trust the Lord. I, I felt that just subtly, then I felt a witness of that. And so I believe in God. Amen. I had a couple come to my house about a year or so ago, and they came, came to the house. just to, They were on their way to a trip, and I, I felt some things for them. They were He's getting a little older in his mid-30s. Now his wife's younger in her 20s and haven't been married very long. And I, I just felt that, you know, God was, I was like, God wants to bless y'all. Bless y'all with a child. I'm going to pray that God, amen, bless you with a child. They just, just the other day, they sent me a, a, a photo of the, like the 3D image of all the ultrasound. Technology is amazing. Amen. They're expecting and they're going to have a child. Amen. It wasn't, it wasn't just because of me. It's because of him. He knows the ending from the beginning. Sometimes, sometimes, I'm going to say this and I'll take you to Scripture. Sometimes for God to do it, a man has to speak it. I'm not talking about just, you know, just, oh, bless the Lord, I want a Lamborghini. No, I'm talking about according to His will. And Sometimes the Lord lets you see something. He reveals it to you, and then you speak it out. And he's like, okay, because you're made in the image and likeness of your daddy, right? He spoke, and things happen. Well, I don't message your your theology right now, but I'm in life and death is in the power of your tongue. He said, you have not because you ask not. And when you do not ask amiss according to your own lust and your own desires, and it's according to His will, He's waiting on you. That's why sometimes in prayer while you're praying, God puts words in your mouth that you're praying something. You're like, man, I've never prayed that ever in my life. I've never said those words. Why? The Spirit is putting words in your mouth to pray certain things because the Spirit is one to get certain things done. Amen. So He needs a vessel to speak that. 
He needs a vessel to speak that through so he can get his work done in the earth. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 13. And then we will go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Amen. Thank you for allowing us to be part of this weekend and uh, give honor to your pastor and pastor's wife and their beautiful children. God bless them and uh, thank God for them and what God is doing here locally. Amen. To all the men last night, thank you for coming and joining in with us. The Lord was so kind to us and I'm so glad that you were there. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 13. And we'll read verse 13 and verse number 14. Amen. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes dried up with thirst. Therefore, because of this, what does the scripture say? You'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge. Verse 14. Therefore, because of this, hell hath enlarged. Hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And I say without measure, meaning without boundaries. Without boundaries. Some folks don't like boundaries here. They'll love hell because there's no boundaries. Ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. There ain't gonna nobody gonna tell you what to do in hell either. Without boundaries, no limits, no restraints, no barriers, no barricades. It's like, it's without. She enlarges herself without measure. Her mouth, hell's got a big mouth. That'll preach. Without, without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices, he that rejoices shall descend into it. Amen. First Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 and 9, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober. Everybody say be sober. Get self-control. We're going to have fun today. We're going to give the devil, devil a big old, big old fat lip and a big old purple, yellow, pink eye. Amen, if that's possible. Be sober. Get self-control. Don't be intoxicated with entertainment in the world. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Am I say devour? To destroy. Literally means to gulp. All you are to the devil is one swallow. You're just one gulp. He don't want to take you out piece by piece. He wants to devour you and take you completely. And as if in a word picture is to swallow you whole. He wants to devour you. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen. I, I, I want to I preach from this subject, but then I want to add a tagline to it. 
because when I pulled into your driveway, I felt the Lord whisper another phrase to me. So I want to I preach from this subject, hell is hungry. Hell is hungry. But this is what I feel I want to add to it. If hell's hungry, then you need to stop feeding the lion. So that's, that's what if I can preach, I'm going to preach hell is hungry. But my focus here today is we need to do what the zoo signs say is quit feeding the animal. Stop feeding the lion. Stop giving the lion something to eat. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Amen, amen. If you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you lift your voice and your hands? If you want to clap, if you want to shout, however way you want to respond, I want to lift right now. Come on, lift him up in this house right now. Give him glory in this house right now. Oh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm so glad you look better than I do and you may be seated. You'll throw my title slide up there. I'd appreciate it. Amen. Hell is hungry. Did you get it? <laughs> Amen. And God bless you. you. May be seated. Some of y'all like that. Amen. I um, some of my life I was raised in church. Uh, my family, there were seasons of my family's existence where my mom and dad were still married. We were in church and then a divorce and then separation and then backsliding out of church and then uh, remarried. My mom remarried my stepfather and they got back in church and uh, from their union they had one daughter, um, Autumn. And my, me and my sister was from the union of me and my, my mom and my dad, my real mom, real dad. And so I had, I had two sisters, um, Courtney, the oldest, and Autumn, the youngest. And I, my stepdad and my mom were in church for a while. Then they, they moved back to Oklahoma from Kansas and, and got out of church. They, what we call backslide, they just quit serving God, quit living for God, quit going to God's house. And so at a very young age, I was in a home that uh, people did not live for God. There was ungodliness, screaming, cussing, fighting, stuff being broke. Um, people sneak, my, my sister would sneak out. Boys would knock on the, the windows looking for my, my teenage sister. And she had a, a baby out of wedlock early in life, had got on drugs, and her life was a wreck. But my youngest sister, Autumn, would go to church with me when I got back in church at the age of 13. We started living for God, serving God. And uh, she, she was uh, hungry, she was sensitive, she was, uh, I was at the time 13, 14, she's quite a bit younger than me, she was pretty young, but I remember, I remember carrying her out drunk in the Holy Ghost. If you've never seen somebody drunk in the Holy Ghost, it's pretty cool, amen, amen. I mean, we need some more of that in Pentecost, praise God, amen. Amen, I, I've never been to a bar and got drunk, but I know what it's like to get drunk in the Holy Ghost, amen, praise God. Amen. Matter of fact, one time I was in a church and I was preaching a youth meeting and I've never seen this before and never seen it since, but I observed two or three teenage girls singing in the Holy Ghost in perfect pitch and perfect phrases and perfect subject matter. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, you couldn't have made it happen. Three teenage girls singing spiritual songs unto the Lord in the Holy Ghost. They were all the perfect. It was amazing. If you've never seen it, it's quite, it was like listening to angels sing or something. It blew my mind. It was really cool. 
I think we need some cool things to happen in church that are spiritual. We need some things that are undeniable and unexplainable, and we walk away saying, man didn't do that. You couldn't manufacture that. That was a work of the Holy Ghost, a work of the Spirit. We need stuff to happen here that we say, my God, I don't know what happened there, but it's too, it's too big to explain, but it's too big to be deniable because it's a work of the Holy Ghost. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things that God prepared for them that love him. That's not just talking about heaven. That's talking about things that God wants to do for Somebody say yes. yes. I would carry her drunk in the Holy Ghost. Man, it was beautiful. Walk into that ungodly home and she would stupor and stagger in the room and my backslidden mother and backslidden stepdad would have to help her get in bed and put her jammies on. Man, it was amazing. But at an early age, right after high school, at the age of 18, I moved out. And when I moved out, my sister, she started getting uh, different friends and hanging out with different folks. And, and I, I look back and I should have been more involved. I should have probably went by and checked on her and made sure she was going to church. But she started hanging out this emo crowd where they would wear dark clothes and, and black clothes and black fingernail polish and, and paint. They would paint their face and they would, they would dye their hair charcoal black and everything was gothic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was a few years ago. That was a big deal. And she started hanging out, and she these wrong friends produced a, a spiritual condition for her. And she backslid, and she got completely out of church. She started becoming a hairdresser. She she was hanging out, um, living living by um, all kinds of people that are just ungodly and worldly, and working with these people. And and the the spirit the spirits of this age they don't care nothing about you. They are looking for, as Peter said, that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to take you out. He'll do whatever he's got to do and use whatever means and resources to do it. If music is your weakness, bing, it'll be music. So my sister, she... She married a great guy. Man, I, I took him through marriage counseling. I mean, he was a great guy. They got married. Actually, I prayed him through to the Holy Ghost in my, in my den. I baptized him in my hot tub. But my sister wanted nothing to do with truth. Her heart had turned against the things of God. Her heart had turned against this one God message. She didn't want her children going to a Pentecostal church. She was fighting. She did not want anything to do with it. Everything was anti-truth. It was anti-God. Oh, she would go to her church and, and go and, you know, she'd smoke her dope and go teach Sunday school at the church down the road. But, but she wasn't living for God. She wasn't doing what she knows she needed to do. And, and because of this, there, her grandma, her grandma was in apostolic truth. She had heritage on both sides, of which I don't have. I had a grandpa that got the Holy Ghost in the 60s, but, but my sister Autumn, she had, she had apostolic roots on both sides of the family. Matter of fact, her, ma, her grandma and her aunt used to take her dad to church in Burbank, California. And they would drop him off and come back and pick him up after church. You know how her grandma and aunt got in church? is because when they would sit outside the church, they would listen to the people of God sing. And they would hear the worship of the people of God. And they said it got so strong that they felt a pull and a draw. And instead of waiting on Larry... My 
my stepdad to leave the church service. They found themselves walking in, checking it out because the music and the worship of God's people. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. And they walked in that apostolic church in Burbank, California. And God baptized them with the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with tongues. And God brought them in to this glorious truth. Let me preach to somebody in this house. This truth that we know is priceless. This gospel, it is still the power of God unto salvation. You're privileged to be in this church. It's an honor to be in this apostolic church. It's a high honor. It's the greatest thing that's ever been made known to man. It's what our forefathers longed for. It's what they looked for. They longed for the day they could be filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I had about 10 of you just said, thank God for truth. Thank God for this message. This message of hope, this message of healing, this message of deliverance, this message of glorious, this baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, this new birth message, this holiness and separation, this modesty, this one God truth. Thank God for this message. Thank God for this message. But her family got in truth and my, my mom and stepdad at this at this time, they're, they're, my stepdad's going to church now. My mom's still out. But my step my, my half-sister Autumn, she married a great guy. He, he tried to get in church, but she wouldn't have nothing to do with it. It's crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Be careful that if your heart starts turning hard against the people of God and the man of God, that you start pushing God out. When you push truth out, you push him out. Because truth was a person before it was a doctrine. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When you... When you push truth out, when you say it's not necessary, I'm not living for truth. I don't love truth anymore. The danger of that is, is you're pushing God out because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth. Truth's the only thing's going to make you free. Truth is the only thing's going to make you a new creature. Truth is the only thing that's going to get you delivered from your drugs. Truth is the only thing that can change your life. And so she had all this heritage, and uh, she was fighting the things of God. You know, drinking, getting drunk, smoking weed, and still thinks she's okay. I'm, I'm okay. And our relationship, because of this, it's amazing what truth divides. Brother will get against brother, and sister will get against sister. It's just the word of the Lord. It's what happens. And our relationship started becoming very, very strange and separation. And, and uh, she was very, very hot-headed, very, t- you know, you're miserable when you don't live for God. You're a miserable duck when you don't serve God. You can say all you want, but you're unhappy when you know your heart's not right with God. 
and she was so miserable. And so this misery leads to one thing to another. And she she started uh, she started uh, wanting to divorce from her husband. And she she would start drinking a lot and start smoking a lot of weed with it. And chemically it started messing her body up. Her body her body physically and mentally and emotionally become a wreck. And she would add she would add Xanax and add pills to it and add other pills to it. And to the point where she was in a manic state where she was losing her mind. Last year in November, I remember her calling me on multiple fronts for days and days in a row, leaving me three to five to eight minute messages on my phone, hollering and screaming and yelling and cussing at me. Crazy stuff. She was losing her mind. She was doing crazy things. Her husband couldn't help her. Her husband couldn't fix her. It was a tragedy. It was a train wreck waiting to explode. And we were trying to help her. She went to a mental hospital. Matter of fact, the hospital, the uh, the police picked her up because of her mental state. She was losing her mind. She was in rough state. She went into that mental institution and they started medicating her and medicating her to the point she was a zombie. And, and I, I'm only preaching this today I really didn't want to preach this but this is where we're at this is what I feel but she would literally she would walk around like a zombie she was unemotional she was not herself. She was unhappy. She was in a rough, rough, dark, difficult place. When you turn your back on the things of God and you turn your back on truth, you never intended it to go as far as you went. You never intended the ditch to be so deep and the cave to be so dark. And you end up doing things that you never in your wildest dream or imagination would ever partake of. Can I tell someone here today there is hope for a tree if it be cut down that at the scent of water it will sprout again let me tell somebody in the Holy Ghost you're here in this building you haven't went too far that God can't pick you up hey hell's hungry for you hell's hungry for you but it's time somebody arises in this 21st century and said I'm not going to feed the lion I'm not giving what the devil wants my life will not become a prey to the tactics or the appetite of the enemy. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. It's a mess. It's a medical spiraling down. Of all these things were in her body. My mom went to her of uh, one of her appointments earlier this year. My mom walked in there to that medical facility, that mental institute, and she said, please get my daughter off of these things. She don't need them. She was making bad decisions that chemically messed her up, and they started adding all these layers, and I'm not faulting the medical world, but sometimes a spiritual problem produces a physical problem, and the medical world puts band-aids on spiritual problems, uh, trying to fix when it's a heart. I hope this is okay. Trying to fix a heart issue or trying to fix a spiritual issue and you band-aid it with medicine. But can I tell you there's bomb in Gilead. He said by by his stripes you are healed can I tell you God is a healer of every manner of disease and sickness he was wounded from my transgression he was bruised from my iniquities and by his stripes by his stripes you are healed 
come on. Calvary wasn't just for your physical healing. There was a crown of thorns that was placed upon his head, indicating that if you've got mental things, God can fix. If you feel like you're losing your mind, God can fix them. You may be depressed, but there's a crown of thorns that can fix your depression. You may be fighting fear and anxiety, but there's a crown of thorns that can fix you. Because the reality is, just one gulp that's all you are to hell and hell's hungry for you he wants that addiction to get stronger he wants you to get wrapped up so much in it that you can't move and function you started out you can move you started out nobody knew I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now you started out and everything was kosher nobody knew what was going on but now it's starting to bleed out of you it's starting to protrude out of you people are saying my God something's going on it don't look good it's not too pretty it's not going on too well you're spouse knows about it. Your children are picking up on it. What was a casual drink has now become an alcoholic stupor. What was a casual taste which it's all wrong because it's what leads. Wine is a mocker, sir. It'll mock you. Drunkenness is a work of the flesh and you will be cast in the lake of fire. you got to be delivered from that. So, it got progressively worse. She Two weeks after, two weeks after her, her divorce, on a Wednesday night, I'm driving down the road on I-40, going from, from McAllister, where my sister lives, to Oklahoma City. And for several days, the Holy Ghost had moved on me to contact her now ex-husband. And so I finally, I didn't want to call him. There's a lot of various reasons why I didn't want to, but I called him, and I loved on him, and I checked on him, and, and I, 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 I tried, and I've tried multiple times to mend things. Even with my sister, I've mended things on several times, and, and we had gotten a lot better, our relationship. But now the divorce and separation, and, and he's taking care of the kids because she mentally can't take care of them. She's got her own apartment, and she, she was the best. I mean, medically, medically, she was losing her hair. She was a zombie. She literally, her mind wasn't right. So I called him on a Wednesday. This is back in April, April the 6th or so of this year. I called him, I reached out to him, I love him, I, I, we had a great conversation. Hours that night, that was on a Wednesday evening, my mom and my older sister Courtney was at my, my sister Autumn's house and they were checking on her and she said, you know, I just don't feel right, I, I don't feel myself, I, I just don't feel right. My mom said, won't you, won't you come over to the house and, and stay the night with us? No, I'll be okay. Hours later, my sister in her apartment took a gun and took her life on April the 7th of this year. And so now you've got suicide in the family. Now you've got a tragedy and a train wreck. And I'm not putting her in hell and I'm not putting her in heaven because her mind was broke and she literally was so medicated. She didn't, I, I believe she didn't even know what she was doing. But that's between her and God. He's the judge and I'm not. I hope and pray there was some mode of repentance. I hope and pray something. I hope and pray there's mercy. But I don't know. It's too big. It's, I can't figure all that stuff out. I'm not going to. She's in the hands of God. I just know that. 
But one, my niece's husband, when they when they come and they checked her playlist, uh, they checked her playlist uh, on the music she was listening to that night. Uh, and when she committed suicide uh, and she took her life, uh, one of them uh, was Little Peep. Uh, Little Peep was a 21-year-old, uh, a phenom, ph- phenom of the of the world of emo music. Uh, he died at the age of 21 uh, with a fentanyl and a Xanax overdose. That was what she was listening to the night she took her life. The other one was Juice World. He died also at the age of 21. He overdosed on codeine and some other drugs of oxycodeine. And he took his life. And you tell me, I felt this so strong a little bit ago when we was worshiping the Lord. That you feel like music don't affect you. Hell's so hungry, it'll use whatever, whenever, and however it's got to do to swallow you whole. send messages on your phone that your parents can't even uncode you got to look at your phone a certain way to see what the message is to appear to get them to send you certain things you know why it's a different day because hell has enlarged her mouth without measure hell is hungry for you hell hates your marriage he hates the sanctity of marriage he hates your moral purity young lady and young man he's doing everything he can to take you out he'll use artists of music he'll use drugs and alcohol he'll use Hollywood he'll use perversion on every front he'll get you laughing at ungodly relationships so you'll accept ungodly relationships so maybe you'll indulge in ungodly relationships let me preach to somebody right now hell is hungry for you so hell's hungry so what are we going to do we're going to stop feeding the lion we're going to unplug some things we're going to turn some stuff off we're going to clean mercy we're going to clean some stuff out of our house we're going to get some stuff off of our computers we're going to get some stuff off of our phones we're going to clean up some relationships give me a can I borrow your cane is this yours can I borrow a little cane It's just a little piece of something right there. Pastor, I'm trying to get it. It's just a little piece of something right there. If I can just get that little piece swept up. Can I preach to somebody in this house? You better despise not the day of small things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little leaven that leaveneth the whole up. Just a a little bit of... Just a little bit of medical marijuana. You know, I've never seen anybody walk out of a dispensary that looked like they were sick at all. 
Some of them are legit. You, you know, if, if there's a real deal, whatever, I'm whatever. But most of the time, man, they're walking out high-fiving, laughing, young crowds. and Hey, they're just getting high. They're just partying it up. They're just killing their brain cells. Come on, you got to wake up and realize hell will do whatever just because. Just because there's a license doesn't mean it's right. Just because you're doing whatever you want to do, don't make it okay. Because there's your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've been bought with the price. You've been purchased with the blood. Come on, you're a child of God. You're a child of the King. Hey, what, what you doing? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this lion. You ever been to the zoo? You can be seated. You ever been to the zoo and you're, you're watching? You're, why is it always such a temptation that we want to feed the animals at the zoo? I mean, they got dietitians that are looking after their medical, their diet needs more than we do. They got people, they're paying thousands of dollars a year to feed, to feed the lions. I mean, certain, they, they're, probably, they're probably getting organic beef, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're probably getting chicken from, from some, some farm where, where they, want, they massage the bird and they feed them certain things, you know. But yet, human nature, there's this temptation. Warning, don't feed the animals. Hey, sissy, nobody's watching this feed. That old lion's pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. And we're sitting there. We as humans are like, man, I want to feed the monkeys, man. I want to give the monkeys something to eat. And they're like, man, you feed the monkey that, you're going to kill the monkey, you know. <laughs> Why is it in our nature that something that if you remove the cage could destroy and wreck your world? Because there's been a barrier there, and you, God help me right now. You've gotten by with it so long that nobody knows. You feel like it's okay to throw little things over into the cage. But if you ain't careful, somebody's going to come along and they're going to open that gate up. And before you know it, that lion's going to look for something to pounce on. He's going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Listen to me, young people. The boundaries that the man of God set are not to harm you. They're not to hurt you. They are to protect you. They are to be a blessing to you. They are to provide blessing and strength and mercy to you. Stop feeding the lion. Flesh. There's two dogs in you. There's a bad dog and there's a good dog. Everybody okay? I'm really trying to. I'm trying to. Actually, I'm trying to hurry because I'm getting hungry and I'm trying to finish up. There's a good dog in you and a bad dog in you. And you got a choice. Which one you're going to feed and which one you're going to starve. Because that will determine if hell eats you or not. Because for whatever reason, his appetite is not good dogs. He likes bad dogs. 
wasn't a chihuahua either. Somebody said chihuahua over here, huh? If you love chihuahuas, that's on you. I don't like chihuahuas. Hallelujah. So you got a good dog in you and you got a bad dog in you. And every day that you live, you can choose to feed the good dog or the bad dog. You know what we need to do? You need to feed that good dog, that spiritual man that's inside of you. And you need to starve out that carnal humanity. You need to tell the flesh, you're going to die. You need to tell the flesh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be what the Holy Ghost wants me to be. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm preaching to Austin First Church. Hell's hungry for you. Hell wants to destroy you. But how are you going to make it? You're going to look at that cage and say, not today, devil. I'm not getting addicted. Not today, devil. I'm not going to live for you. Every time you listen to that music that's ungodly, you know what you're, you know what the music is saying? Hell is hungry. Hell is hungry for you. Hell wants to take you out. Hell wants to destroy your home. Hell is hungry for you. Every time you plug in and indulge in something that you know that's not right and it's separating between you and God, what are you dearly doing? You're turning up that, that volume of hell that says, I'm after you. I want you. Come on, can you worship God with that music you're listening to? That's a pretty good litmus test, whether it's godly or not. Can you lift your hands and worship God? Can you magnify? Come on, somebody. i tell you what hell's good at. He was a great choir director in heaven until pride got him. Music was made in heaven, not in the earth. Music was designed to give glory to God. It was designed to give honor to God. Pastor, I hope this is okay. This is my last opportunity here. Hope this is okay. But if, you, if you're listening to country western music about Johnny sleeping around on Jane and hooking up with Susie and drinking and getting drunk, but yet you don't want that to happen to your marriage, then why are you, why are you boot scooting boogie to that? And why are you listening to that? Why are you hey, Why? Okay, you see, oh, no, it don't affect you. No, it don't bother you. But you get the... You, you listen to it, and it reminds you when you was out there in the world, you know. You can ask my wife, I'll never preach like this. This is, this is a little different for me. But you was out there in the world, and, and you, man, you would party, and they'd be bopping, and going through the bars, and hanging out, and having, having those fiestas, and, and hanging out, and doing whatever, whatever you wanted to do. You'd stay up late all night, go to work, and act like you had a good old time. <laughs> and that music reminds you. You see, it's not a possession thing. It's an oppressive thing. It's a thing where it reaches out and tries to grab a hold of you, and it follows you. God, I hope this is okay. The music and the entertainment. He said, be sober. He said, be sober. Be vigilant. He said, you got to be alert. you got to stay awake. There's something. Come on. You can't rebuke what you entertain. And if you're entertaining that, how are you going to have authority to rebuke that and overcome that? Well, I'm 18 now, and I'll do whatever I want to do. Yep, yep, as if 18 is like a magical, mystical number. 18 just means you just 18. Well, I'm an adult now. Great, then you got to start adulting and acting like adult. It's time you get off the milk and you start eating the meat and quit... 
quit giving the meat to the devil and feeding the lion. You need to receive that meat so you can be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, you got to be a good soldier. I'm preaching to a man right now. Quit feeding the devil. Quit being a drink to him. Quit being food to him. Lift your hands and praise him right now. Lift your voice and magnify him right now. Hell's hungry for your spiritual moments. Hell's hungry for your spiritual heritage. Hell's hungry for you to get drunk, uh, drunk on drugs and alcohol. Hell's hungry for you to taste of suicide. Hell's hungry to wreck your world. Hell's hungry to, to wreck you every part of you, every aspect of you. He don't want you healthy physically. He don't want you healthy spiritually. He don't want you healthy mentally or emotionally or financially. He's hungry for you. He wants to devour. How are you? He just wants one drink. When he's done with you, he's looking for the next person. He don't want that carnal young person. He wants the young person that's on fire for God. He don't want that person that's in church and out of church. Carnality's already got them. But he wants somebody. He wants somebody that's anointed. He wants somebody that's gifted. He wants somebody that's sensitive. He wants somebody that knows how to pray. He wants a trophy of hell. He wants a trophy. So we ain't going to give him what he wants. Going to starve that wine. I hope and pray the line of your life. I hope he's a mess. I hope he, he's a mess. I hope his ribs are showing. I hope, I hope he's so dry in the mouth that he can't even get enough saliva to digest food. I hope his ankles broke. I hope he's lost his teeth. I hope, I hope he has his canines gone. I hope his roar has, I hope he's so a mess. I hope he's such a mess and he's so destitute and his body's under so much stress. He can't even open his mouth to get off. hope as he's coming to your world because you starved him out that he's barely even walking I hope and pray that in the Holy Ghost that as he looks at your face and he looks at you and says hey I want to devour you I hope you make up your mind devil I got news for you that just as sure as hell is hungry for me heaven is more hungry heaven desires me more heaven wants me to be a Worshipper. His mouth is without measure. And I want the devil to know of his government and our God's increase, 
there shall be no end. I want him to know. Listen, I know there's no measurement for hell, but God gives us a measurement for heaven and lets us know how big it is and how wonderful that it is and how amazing that it is. And I want some young person to know just as strong as the demonic force is to get you to go to hell. There's enough love and mercy and grace of heaven to get you into heaven because, hey, where sin did abound, Somebody help me preach so I can wrap this up. Where sin, where sin did abound, grace, grace does much more. It does much more abound. You be seated. I really, I really try and hurry. But if I took all the young people, let, let me just say this. If I took everybody's cell phone in here, and I was to go to all the secret hidden places on your cell phone. What would I find? If I was to take you young people and we was to go through your playlist, what all I hear is hell's hungry, hell's hungry, hell's hungry, hell's hungry, hell's hungry. I'm feeding, I'm feeding, I'm feeding Lucifer. I'm feeding the lion. I'm feeding the lion. Music feeds your soul. Yes, it does. Your heart. The seed of your emotions is affected by music. That's why some of you, when you listen to it, you just cry. Because music, oh, music don't, I don't know why I'm on this, so I'm sorry. Take me to McDonald's instead of wherever we're going. Music don't affect me. Are you serious? I'll give you the out. If you've never, ever in your life never clapped to any music, you never sang to any song, you never cried, you never laughed, you never was moved by music on any level, I'll say, I agree with you, music don't affect you. Music does affect you. And you don't even have to understand the words of what the rock world's even saying, and it will affect you. And as she listens to artists that have committed suicide, my sister took a gun and took her life. She left behind two small children. It's never received the Holy Ghost. Never been buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ to get all their sins washed away. And I sit back and look and say, God, why didn't you deal with me to reach out to her? But hours before, hours before she committed suicide, I'm on the phone with her ex-husband. Why? Because God was saying, I want to bridge the torch of truth to connect you back to that husband. And before her life is ever gone, I want to reconnect back to her husband because those babies need to know this apostolic message. And they need to know that hell was hungry for their mama, but heaven's hungry for their soul. They need to know that heaven loves them and heaven cares for them. I know this is different for some of us. This is what we call conviction. When you're sitting in this service and you're saying, Preacher, I can do better. 
Preacher, I, I've been so lax in the things of God. Preacher, I've sat on the pew and I've been non-responsive. Preacher, I've been offended at the man of God. Preacher, I'm a young lady and I'm tired of waiting on a godly man. And so I've been dating somebody out of the church and nobody knows about it. Preacher, just let me be. Just leave me alone. No, because there's a lying patient outside your house. There's a lying patient outside your room. And I'm trying to encourage you. Don't give him a bone. Don't give him food. Don't feed the lion. Because if you'll starve him out, if you'll starve him out, God will send an angel into the lion's den where Daniel is and he'll close the mouth of the enemy. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost. They're the ravening, ravaging demonic spirits has been trying to wreck your world. God can send an angel that can shut the mouth of that lion and make sure that heaven's grip on you is stronger than hell's grip on you. Hell is hungry, but we ain't feeding him. Hell's after you, but he's not getting my kids. Come on, daddy. Come on, daddy. I want my kids. I want to teach my boy how to hunt and fish. I want to have fun with my son. I want, to, I want him to be successful. I want to teach him how to work, and I hope that I have. And I've had a lot of fun with my boy. But you know what the most important thing is? And I teach my boy how to pray. I teach him how to worship. I teach him how to starve the enemy and feed the good dog. I want to teach him, son, you got to work on that flesh. Son, you got to go into the things of God. Son, hell is hungry for you. But son, I want you to know that the love of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. Son, I want you to know that when temptation comes, he's going to make a way where you can escape and you can find. I'll never forget. I'm trying to hurry to a close. I'll never forget. I was on a cruise boat a couple of years ago. I was facing. You can be seated. I'm trying to hurry. Can I have a few more minutes? I'm not even going to ask permission. I'm going to take it. Amen. I was on a cruise boat, and I was, I was walking on this cruise boat, and, and Pastor Green, I was in rough shape. Mentally, I was in rough shape. Spiritually, I was in rough shape. Physically, I was in rough shape. I thought I was losing my mind. I was battling depressive things. I, I'm not saying I was depressed. I'm not claiming that. But I was battling depressive things and depressive thoughts. I was dealing with all kinds of emotions. I was in bad shape. I'd lost my joy. I had no peace. I was on the upper deck of this cruise ship. And I was walking. I was, I'm being vulnerable right now because I'm going to help somebody, okay? I was walking around a bar that was empty. There was no alcoholic beverages available. I walked by this bar, by this bar. There was no bartender there. No one was at the bar stools. No one was drinking. It was, it was closed, completely closed. I walked by that bar. And if I've ever had alcohol talk to me, it did. Okay? It reached out. It literally reached out. I, I sensed it, it that, that I, I didn't really feel like a physical touch, but it's almost as if it reached out and grabbed me. And it started pulling on me. And this is what it said. If you'll just try me, all of your symptoms will go away. Wow. 
I literally, sir, come here. Come and help me. Come on, you come help me. I was, I'm alcohol on you, me. I was just walking on the deck. You know, I'm just enjoying the sun, looking out on the water. And it's almost as if it just come up to me. And it grabbed me by my shirt. And it pulled me in and said, if you'll just try me, all of the symptoms will go away. And then it just let go. And then I looked over at the bar. I looked at all the opportunities. I looked at what potentially I could have done. And this is what I said. No! I will not do that! Why? Because there's a prophetic anointing. Why? Because God's grace is sufficient. Why? His mercy's renewed every morning. Why? He's been too good to me. Why? I can overcome. I'm more than an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I'm more. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. There's more to me than meets the eye. I've got the blood of Jesus applied to my life. Hell's hungry, but heaven's hungrier. Hell's hungry. Be sober. Be vigilant. I see somebody you're walking around and you can barely see. You've been impaired by circumstances. You've been impaired by frustrating things. You're walking around and you're blindly walking around and your vision's impaired. And what seemed as if it's something good. It's a lion coming towards you. What you thought was a friend is your foe. What you thought was normal and acceptable and okay is a lion trying to devour you. If somehow you could do what the word of God said do and you could be sober. You could all of a sudden wake up and open your eyes and say, my God, I've been throwing food in that cage. I've been feeding that. I've been giving in to that. I've been giving in to that temptation. I've been handling stuff. I've been touching stuff. Hey, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm tired of feeding the lion. I'm tired of giving the If you'll just try me, I'll make the symptoms go away. Before you know it, it's drinking and then alcohol and then drugs and then prescription abuse of medication and then it's this and then that's not good enough and then you're chasing the lady. You're trying to find that next high and that next moment where you can get beyond it. I need something to get me over it. Can I tell you, there's room at the cross. There's forgiveness and mercy. There's a crown of thorns. There's stripes upon your back. There's healing. There's palm and Gilead. He can make a way for you. And open the windows of heaven. Will you get me my last verse of scripture in Luke and I'll close. It should be Luke. I'm resistance. Come on back. Uh, I need a need a reader. Can you grab a microphone and help me read? I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping to a close. This is musicians. You come on back. Come help me out with mood music so they think I'm done. And then he said. A certain man. Go ahead and read. 
But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barbarous. You're at the wrong, wrong, wrong chapter, Bob. Let's go to, let's go to uh, um, Luke, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the occupying signs. Amen. Read. You should be in Luke 16, 19. There was a certain rich man. That's where I want you at, right on the screen. There was a certain rich man. How many of you read this parable before? See, I, I just told you something false because the Bible doesn't say it's a parable. Jesus would use parables, short stories to get his point across to convey messages or thoughts to the people so they can understand. But here, Jesus just said there was a certain rich man. He doesn't say it was a parable. Read. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and yep. fared sympathy. Yeah, if you don't every, know the word, just read on it. It's fine. I do the same day, thing. Just skip it. Just act like day. you know it. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate. Yep. Designed to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Yes. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Yep. So it was that beggar di that beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich you know, man it's nobody's fault you've been feeding the lion. My husband wasn't doing this. My kids weren't acting like this. The pastor wouldn't do this. Give me a break. If you're feeding the lion, it's because you're feeding the lion. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you overcome. You have got to take heed to the warning signs that are on the plexiglass of the cage that says don't feed. Please don't feed the lion. You've got to stop feeding the lion. Quit being a drink in his mouth. Quit being food to his teeth and texture to his tongue and taste to his taste buds. I'm his. Not the devil's. I'm God's property, not Lucifer. I'm a child of God, not a child of the enemy. I'm not a child of the devil. I'm not going to commit suicide. My God, I bind the spirit of suicide. I loose it off of you and I bind the pits of hell. It will not get rid of the symptoms, it will cause more problems in your home, it'll wreck your children's lives. Beggar died. Play softly, bub. Go ahead, please. And being in the torments in Hades, yeah. he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off. Yes. And Lazarus in his bosom. Yes. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Yeah. And send Lazarus that he may dip the whoa, tip. Whoa, whoa, of whoa, 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 whoa. Give me Lazarus to dip his finger in water. And he'll just let one drop fall my tongue hell's a real place it's a real place of torment and fire and no one wants to go there well I don't think it's real well this is not a parable this is Jesus I think if anybody knows if hell's real Jesus knows it 
he said that Lazarus would come and dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am tormented in this flame. Next verse. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he confronted and you are tormented. Read. And, the, and, and besides all these between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So yeah. that those who want to pass from here to you yeah. cannot, nor can those from the, their pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. Hey, hell's so real. I need somebody to go tell my brothers. I need somebody to go testify of the torment that I'm going through. And Lazarus now, this rich man is begging for Lazarus to come. And this rich man is like, hey, hey, would you please, I beg you, I beg you, would you send him? Would you please, more importantly than a drop of water on my tongue, is going to tell my brothers, my five brothers at my dad's house to let them know that hell is a real place. He said, will you send them to my father's house? Next verse. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham. If, if you won't hear me, would you hear someone? What he was saying was, hey, they, they won't hear. They, would, they had the prophets. They had Moses. They had this. They had that. They wouldn't hear them. But, but he's saying, please, but because of my state and my torment, would you please send someone to let them know that they don't want to go to hell and they don't want to be lost? Read, read the next verse. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither yeah. will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Yeah. Read. Possibly that no, it is, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom. So he said, I've got five brothers at home. Would you please go tell those five brothers, please don't go to hell. Just for the sake of closing here today, I, I want to I name those five brothers. I want to give names to them. The first one, I want to call him untouchable. He's like some of you that sat on a pew that refused to respond. The preacher can't reach you. The music can't move you. You sit there and you stay in your drunken stupor and you keep doing what you've always done. Untouchables of Pentecost. When the pastor corrects your kid, you get mad at the pastor because he's getting on to your kid. You've created an untouchable commodity that's going to spend an eternity in hell or heaven. What about the second brother? You know what his name is? This is just me. I'm just naming him. Compromise. Please go tell compromise that it's not worth it. Please go tell compromise to get it right. Please go tell compromise that do not give up anything to go to hell. But everything that you give up for God will be worth it all when you walk into the corridors of heaven. What seems such a big deal now is going to be so insignificant when you're walking on streets of gold and you get to take your crown off and cast it at the feet of Jesus. Would, would you go, would you please go tell untouchable that hell's not for him? Would you please go tell compromise 
to buy the truth and sell it not. What about that third brother? That third brother addicted. Will you go tell addicted, don't let anything send him to hell? What about that fourth brother? He's a good guy. He, his name is just carnal. He's just carnal. Doesn't pray. Doesn't read the word. He doesn't try to go up the spiritual thing. Oh, he knows everything about sports, but he knows very little about God's word. He knows who's doing what and what's going on in the world. But man, you start talking the things of God. It's so abstract. It's so out of. It's just. It's like a. It's like a book he's never opened. Please go tell carnal that hell's a real place. And then there's that fifth and that final brother, and I'm, I'm closing. What is his name? And of all the names we could name a brother, what would we name him? I just simply want to name him tomorrow. Preacher, I don't want to get right today. I'll do it tomorrow. But what if tomorrow never comes? Would you get it right? Would you get it right? Would you clean some stuff up so your marriage won't fall apart? Tomorrow, hell's hungry. But I want you to know today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. What? Jesus, I, I ask that you would move in this church right now. I pray, God, that you would move on the hearts of every person on the sound of my voice. I pray, Father, that conviction would come. Conviction to this room conviction of sin I pray that these people would know there's a way out there's a way of escape that God that heaven was made for them hell was made for the devil and no one God that goes to hell can blame somebody no one can say you sent me here I pray that right now we would starve I pray the lions of your life would starve right now oh God I pray the lions of your past would die of starvation. I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me all over the house, every head, every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you search your heart right now? Would you search your life? Young people, you should be crying and praying right now. Moms and dads, you should be seeking the Lord right now. Saints of God, been in this church for 30 years. Be searching your heart right now. I pray for every backslider in this house. I pray for every person that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray for every soul that's never been water baptized in Jesus' name. That you've never been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would move on every heart. That you would move on every life. Come on, they're going to play and sing. I want you to lift your voice and pray right there. Come on, we're going to open the altars here in a moment. But I want you to pull your heart out to the Lord all over the house. Come on, there's hope for you in this place. There's deliverance for you in this place. There's mercy here. There's grace here. There's help here. There's strength here in this this house 
You can get it right. You can find a place of renewing and repentance and restoration.